This is Paul Gallant on 710 ESPN Seattle. Weekdays at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. At Gallant Says on Twitter. Text into the show at 710-710. Hello and welcome aboard the Paul Gallant Show on Wednesday, July 7th, 2021. I was so excited for last night's Seattle Mariners, New York Yankees game and, uh, it did not go according to plan. And I know that Hello, darkness, my old friend. there's a lot of time left this season and that, you know, we're only halfway through. I mean, I can bargain with myself here. I'm sure at some point it'll get better. Maybe it'll even get better tonight. I mean, you say Kikuchi's on the mound. But oh boy. That game was over early last night. And I watched and I stuck around because you know, I thought, you know what? These Mariners, they're clutch. They sure are clutch, but... Boom, three runs in the first inning. Boom, three runs in the second inning. Justice Sheffield doesn't even get out of the second inning. Boom, two more runs. I mean, they're down 8 nothing right away. Yeah, no chance. Not with this lineup. Not with this team. So I have a question for you today on the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. Was yesterday just an embarrassing day at the office? Just a one-time thing? With Justice Sheffield on the hill? There's definitely an argument to be made for that. Or was that the reality check? I mean, we all know that the New York Yankees have a pretty formidable lineup, even if they are not hitting. The names, you recognize them. Like, for example, when Giancarlo Stanton came up in the first inning and then did this and made all of us sad inside. John Carlos Stanton ruining baseball for the city of Seattle. Me. Runners get their leads. First and second, one away. The pitch on the way. Swinging a line shot to left field, and this one is gone. Off the facing of the upper deck. Crashes off the facing, and it ricochets down below behind left fielder Shedlong Jr. Stanton with some incredible exit velocity. A three-run line drive home run off the facing of the upper deck. And just like that, the Yankees have a 3-0 lead here in the top of the first inning, and that ball was absolutely crushed. Nah, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't fun. 710-710 of the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. You know, Paul, after my horse died, I didn't keep beating him with a stick. It's a fair point. But that is the story of last night. And I mean, that was Quite the wall to run into with the way that the Mariners have looked recently. I think it was just an embarrassing day at the office. And as a couple of texters have brought up, the Justice Sheffield experience needs some retinkering, retooling, and perhaps a stint down in Tacoma. We'll get to him in just a moment. But my question for you, was that... A reality check or an embarrassing day at the office? Let's go to Twitter. At Gallant says, 70% of you with 100 votes say it's one bad day. 29.5% a reality check. Let's take a look at some responses. Northwest Forever says, this is who the Mariners are. Let's not get confused with a good baseball team. Guarantee you this team finishes 10 games under 500. Jeez. And experiences an 8-10 to game losing streak in the next 30 days. Whoa. Scott Service should be fired. Dang, bro. All right, I'm not going quite that far. Aaron responds, one bad day. Did we expect anything different with Justice on the bump? 
Hopefully, Yusei Kikuchi can get things back on track tonight. Our baseball consigliere, Luke Harkin, says that it's both. And there's a chance that it could be both. If you have to pick one or the other, I would obviously hope that it is just one embarrassing day at the office. But there is a part of me that thinks that if it was a reality check, the reality check is not the worst thing in the world for this team. We all know this team is playing much better than it actually is. We all know this team does not have a great lineup, that their starting rotation, while it does have Yusei Kikuchi and Chris Flexen, who's been really impressive this season, is seeing some real struggles, not just from Justice Sheffield, but also from Marco Gonzalez. The bullpen sort of is what it is. So as you get closer and closer and closer to the trade deadline and you look at your roster and you start to seriously evaluate it, you start to wonder whether or not Mitch Hanniger should be here past July 31st. You start to wonder whether or not Kyle Seeger should be. I don't think Kyle Seeger is going to get you that big of a return. He is a very good fielder, and he, when he does have a nice day at the plate, offensively can give you power, but it's a little bit too inconsistent, I'd imagine, to get you anything substantial return-wise, especially given the little poison pill that he has in his contract. If he's traded anywhere, then that team has to pick up a final year of his contract, and he's being paid a little bit too much considering the actual production that he's put together, no matter if he's been a Mariner for all this time. I mean, I don't, I don't think Kevin Mather is entirely wrong saying of Kyle Seeger. What you are paying for him is not 100% what you were expecting to get from him all of these years. So, Hanniger, Seeger, and also Kendall Graveman, a name that Corey Brock threw into the mix as a potential trade deadline chip to be bargained. If last night is the start of some sort of reality check, as some of the most cynical Mariner fans probably assume it is, then that does make it a little bit easier for you to make a decision that's in the best interest of this team, maximizing the amount of time that they'll have, I guess, a young, cheap, talented roster. But I know a lot of you are sick of that already. And therein lies the problem, especially when you don't know what the future of general manager Jerry DePoto is and of manager Scott Service. 710-710 is the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. You can tweet me as well, at Gallant says. The question of the day was last night's Mariners lost 12-1. Oh, boy. A reality check, or was it just an embarrassing day at the office? Text in, Paul, stop being so myopic. Please don't cross over to the dark side with all the haters. I'm not. This is one bad night. You know me. I'm overreactive. I'll fully admit that when it comes to baseball. Last night, it's an easy one to get overreactive to, but I do know that much of it was due to Justice Sheffield. So let's talk about Justice Sheffield. It's time for the Mariners to send Justice Sheffield down to Tacoma. You haven't seen a moment this season where he has looked like the guy that he was last year. And yesterday in particular, he's getting peppered. I mean, the outs, some of the outs that he was getting, I mean, they were being caught at the warning track. Giancarlo Stanton crushed that ball. I mean, everybody knew it was out of the park as soon as that went off of his bat. When you struggle like this, you got to do what you did to Jared Kelnick. Send him down to Tacoma. And I know that that kind of seasoning is not necessarily going to make him better, but he needs to work on things. And I don't know what they are, but clearly he is not going to figure them out by pitching every single day. And then you can find yourself in a bit of a tricky situation where if you are the Mariners, who do you bring up? I know that last week, 
on uh, when Jerry Depoto joined uh, Jake and Stacy at the ballpark for the grand reopening of T-Mobile. He mentioned a couple of different names: Emerson Hancock, George Kirby, probably the highly touted guys, but I believe Matt Brash, uh, among other names, were thrown out there. It's time to start looking at what someone in the minor leagues could potentially bring. Sheffield is not giving it to you. Scott Service was asked about what's up with Justice Sheffield. And he just said, we've got to get him going in the right direction again. You know, we just have to wait and see. Um, and we'll talk about it here in the next couple of days. At the end of the day, we need to do what's best for the player. And, uh, you know, obviously the team uh, along with that. But, uh, you know, we've got to get Chef going in the right direction again. Uh, we'll sit down and talk about it in the next few days. Uh, that turn does come around again on Sunday before the break. And, you know, we'll make the best decision for everybody involved. Sheffield, meanwhile, said that he hasn't felt 100% in quite some time. Here is Justice Sheffield talking about the struggles that he's going through vaguely. Honestly, I felt good mechanically today. Like I said, just battling through some stuff. Just didn't really feel 100%. You know, just got to get right and, you know, get back out there and to where I can, you know, compete. You didn't feel 100% in what way? Uh, body-wise, you know, just fighting through some stuff. That was it. I mean, I felt like my mechanics are nice. You know, I'm not a person that needs to sit there and focus on mechanics, 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 because that's when I throw the ball like crap. When I go out there and just compete and just play the game that's in front of me, you know, that's when I feel like I'm at my best, not thinking. I'm really hoping it was just Justice Sheffield, the reason that they lost last night, one embarrassing day at the office. And that's my question for you today on the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. Was last night's loss a reality check or just an embarrassing day at the office? One text to get to before we get to what's trending in your phone calls, 1015-206-421-3776. To your question, I don't think I can honestly answer that right now, just with the way that I'm bummed out from last night. But I feel like with Sheffield out there pitching, we kind of set ourselves up. We get to look forward to tonight's matchup with Yusei Kikuchi on the mound and hopefully can rebound from last night's embarrassing game. What is it going to take for Jerry Depoto to cut Sheffield off the team or at least send him down to the minors and call someone up to get a shot at it because we really have nothing to lose. You can't really get any worse than Sheffield. And it's not fair for the guys that are in the minors waiting for their ball, their call-up watching Sheffield get demolished out there game by game. I'm with you. And I also, I, I, this isn't good for Sheffield to keep on putting him out there and, and, to, and to see him go through these things. If he's dealing with something, that something needs to be taken care of. And it can't be taken care of over the course of a one and two thirds start for the Mariners. That was bad. I'm Paul Gallant. This is the Paul Gallant Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. A show that you can listen to on the 710 app or on your smart speaker. Watch 710sports.com slash video. This hour of the Paul Gallant Show is brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. It's 1010. It's time for What's Trending, brought to you by King's Heating and Air. By the way, at 1030, we will be giving away another four-pack of tickets to go to 710 Day Saturday to sit in the bleachers with the 710 crew. Free tickets, baby. You want to be listening at 1030. Good morning, afternoon, Maura Dooley. How are you now? Good morning, afternoon. You just got all the uh, letter Kenny greetings going on yes i did and i paid off all the bills bam 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 <laughs> selling out I or like my it. bosses in the nba finals uh Giannis and tentacumpo played just one week after hyper extending his knee but it did not matter phoenix took game one 118 to 105 i don't know anyone who's not rooting for phoenix and it's interesting because i really like Giannis and tentacumpo if i had to pick who i like more 
between Giannis and Chris Paul. Legitimately, every year other than this year, I would definitely pick Giannis. But this year, partly because I want James Harden to look bad for basically casting of Chris Paul off to the side. To James Harden. Of always course, more it always will because I am that petty. He ruined my love of basketball for several years with his awful three-point shooting that everyone thinks is so good and his leg kicking out and all the dirty things that he does to basically ruin the integrity of basketball. Anyway, that's besides the point. Chris Paul, it's hard not to root for him. He had 16 points in the third quarter, couldn't miss, and I'm just really happy for the guy. He flops, no doubt about it. He flops more than James Harden. He flops more than anybody in basketball. But this is a guy who I know cares. And because he cares, you want to see guys who care win. I do feel for Giannis, though, in the Bucks. I don't think they'll ever get back to a finals after this one. This was a year that just set up so perfectly for them. And, I mean, they barely beat that Nets team that was without James Harden and that was without... Kyrie Irving and really only was going up against Kevin Durant and it still went to seven games. Milwaukee's not going to be back after this season. So it's a shame. And Giannis playing through on that hyperextended knee. I mean, he played well. But Phoenix is just a crisp, better team. And it's all due to Chris Paul, who's been absolutely outstanding. Well, Texter says he's rooting for Milwaukee. Okay, well, shout out to you. All right, next up, Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers beat Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady in the match yesterday. Bryson DeChambeau. Oh. Yeah. Why couldn't they get Brooks Kepka or somebody that, I don't know, people actually like? I mean, there's so many golfers. So many golfers. I mean, I wanted Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka to be the pros. That. And then you throw Brady and Rodgers in that mix. You know what? That's a great point. Sub out Phil Mickelson for Brooks Kepka, but I think that Phil Mickelson is just attached to this every single time that they do it. That's old Phil, old lefty. I'm annoyed that Aaron Rodgers has been able to play this poker face for so long. And you know what? It's his decision. It's his decision. He can handle this offseason, I suppose, however he wants. But I just want to know. I want to know if I have to worry about the Green Bay Packers this season or not. Is that so hard, Aaron? I know, I know. Your mental health, the thing you talked about yesterday, blah, 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 blah. You know, uh, the people, people who need people, the little soliloquy you went on, all that stuff. I want to know. Paul Gallant wants to know if you're playing next year. The city of Seattle wants to know if you're playing next year. We want to know if we have to take the Green Bay Packers seriously. And I'm hoping that we don't. We'd all be very cool if you were just like, yeah, you know what, man? I'm just not, I'm just not into it, man. I'm a Cali guy. That's not going to happen. Yeah, I don't think it will either. <laughs> He's playing this really cool. You know what? Continue to enjoy that offseason, man. Continue to enjoy it. I do not know how he has been able to. I mean, he leaked all those things out right before the draft. You would think that he has told somebody what he actually plans on doing. And I guess he said that he'll tell Charles Barkley that at Lake Tahoe over the course of the match broadcast. But even then, I, I don't know that he would do that. I'm Paul Gallant. It's the Paul Gallant Show, the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. 206-421-3776 is how you call in. 710-710. That's the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. You could also tweet me too, at Gallant says, text her, you root for Brooks Kepka, biggest bleep on the tour. No, that's Bryson DeChambeau. And if you think it's anyone other than Bryson DeChambeau, I'm sorry. 
Like, I, I don't think I would want to golf with you. I don't know that I'd want to sit with you. I mean, I, I, I still have this issue with Mike Salk. I can't believe that Mike Salk likes Bryson DeChambeau. Like, I feel like that has to be some sort of a joke, an inside bit that I don't understand because I really don't understand it. Just look at his stupid hat. You want to play with that guy? And I know. I make too much out of his appearance. I'm sorry. That's just, that's just all I need to see is that. And then all of a sudden, all the other things that you see with Bryson DeChambeau after the fact. Like, that, that, that would just be my first warning. Oh, he's wearing that hat? Okay, well, mm, I really hope that some people come to a 7-10 day wearing that hat. <laughs> it would be a really funny troll move if you did that on Saturday. All right, 206-421-3776. Was that a one-time thing for the Mariners? Just an embarrassing day at the office? Or was that the reality check of what the Mariners are in store for the rest of the year? You get to answer that. Now it's your chance to be heard. Your voice, your opinions. It's time to be heard. Every day at 1015 with Paul Gallant. Be heard. Do I need to give better evidence as to why I don't like Bryson DeChambeau than his stupid hat? The hat does bother me. Rhetorical question. 206-421-3776. Let's take a look at some of your texts too. 710-710. Last night was a speed bump for the M's. As long as they make obvious changes. Last night's starter should hitch a hike to should hitch hike to Tacoma. That's coming from Fred. Hitchhiking is mean. Let's not go that far. I think that for all of these guys, they do need to have some sort of support. And look, some guys have rough nights, and not every single pitcher that goes up to the major leagues is going to be what Yusei Kikuchi's been this season or what Chris Flexen's been this season. But it is really disappointing that Justice Sheffield has been what he's been. He has been, I think, definitively the most disappointing Mariner given the expectations attached to him. Text in 710710. Ooh, we, are, we have body language experts. Now we have tone experts. Text in. That sound from Sheffield, that is a defeated confidence. I wonder if he walks around the facility the same way he talks. A very dishwater sort of picture regarding Chef. Was it just the spider tack? I think assuming that these guys were using spider tack because they're struggling all of a sudden is unfair. For Sheffield, it's been an all-year thing. For Marco Gonzalez, it's been an all-year thing. So to blame it on that, that's reaching. you got to have some better evidence if you're going to accuse somebody of cheating, right? 206-421-3776. Let's go to Robert in Kingsgate. What's going on? Oh, Paul, I love calling on these days. Yes, I told you so, man. you got to stop being such a fanboy on this team. I've called many times criticizing this team, and I, you know, I, I don't have to anymore because this team, like I said, it's next year is when we're really going to expect to see um, you know, the improvements because I kind of think that this year is an evaluation you know, for the GM and the coach and to see what – the ownership is going to do. And do you want this evaluation future? to play out to the, to, I, I guess, past the trade deadline? Cause that's the other thing that we will be talking about over the course of today's show. I mean, at what point are they actually going to make a decision on that? I asked Jerry DePoto <laughs> about it a couple of weeks ago, and we still haven't really gotten any hints as far as what they plan to do evaluation wise. I, I do hey, think, Paul, can I ask you a quick question? Go ahead, Robert. Is this, do you think this team is going to be a seller or buyer this year? Oof. I think they probably should be a seller, but I can't answer that. I I, I mean, the more I think about it, the more I think about it, like, because I I don't know that they really have the assets 
to go and get someone big unless they are really willing to say, oh, you know what, we're going to go with the top shelf stuff. And I feel like there will be questions asked. If they want to go after, say, Herman Marquez, I, I think uh-huh. it was John Morosi yesterday who, who, who said on this very station that to get him, you're going to have to perhaps give up one of your prized prospects, like Logan Gilbert, who's been awesome thus far all things considered. Or Kelnick. Or Kelnick or Julio Rodriguez, right. And I don't know that you want to go that route. So if that's what's being asked of you at the trade deadline, it's not worth it because how much better are you going to get with one of those starting pitchers given your lineup? So I do think it probably makes more sense for them to be sellers. But honestly, Robert, I could not answer you. I I, I really am having a hard time reading the way that they will play it. It does feel, feel like Mitch Hanniger is probably not going to be here past the trade deadline. So I guess if I had to make a guess entirely based off of things that we have heard publicly from Jerry DePoto, I would guess they would be a seller. It's probably the right move, but I understand it's a frustrating one. But if it, this year is, as you said, Robert, and are gloating about an evaluation year, then that's the way that you probably got to go about doing things. And appreciate the phone call there. I feel like it's okay, though, the fanboy over this team if they're playing this well. And, I mean, this was a really impressive month. And the things that we're seeing out of J.P. Crawford over the course of the past month in particular, it's been awesome. So, while we maybe did get a reality check last night, we also could get another shot of optimism in the arm tonight if Yusei Kikuchi is able to handle this Yankee lineup. Did pretty well against the White Sox not too long ago, right? I mean, this is a guy that we all look at and we all think is really good. There's a reason he's an all-star. So I think when you're told that you shouldn't be too excited about this team, if those people are telling you that, especially if it's Robert, even if he's gloating, tell those people to relax, take a chill pill. What you have seen thus far this year, you're allowed to enjoy it. You're allowed to be a fanboy about it. Seriously, don't let don't let somebody like that <laughs> knock you off. And we appreciate Robert whenever he calls in. Gloating, though. Come on. You don't want to gloat after a 12-1 loss to the Yankees of all teams. Up next, what's going on with the Mariners' two best pitchers from last year? Marco Gonzalez and Justice Sheffield. We're going to bring on, from 710sports.com, Brandon Gustafson, who knows a thing or two about pitching. How do you fix these guys? What's next? Is Justice Sheffield going to go down to the minor leagues? We'll talk about that next. It's 1030, and that means it's time to get in the sports pit. In the pit where all that stuff goes down, and if you don't have some freaking toughness, you're going to get your, you're going to fail. It all go on. Oh, I almost talked over voice guy. Sorry, voice guy. A little jumpy with the caffeine this morning. Joining me on the Issaquah Pest Control Hotline, the one, the only, from 710sports.com, the great Brandon Gustafson. Brandon, what's going on, buddy? Good to talk to you again. Yeah, good to talk to you, too, Paul. I got a sleepy puppy laying next to me, got him all tuckered out on our walk, so uh, things are going pretty well here. <laughs> For those who don't know, Brandon just got a baby golden retriever, correct? It is yeah, the most adorable dog. I have seen in quite some time. Of course, it's a golden retriever puppy, so that's basically cheating. But he is a very cute dog. Very, very cute dog. Before we get to Brandon, I do have to give something away. Guess what, everybody? 710 Day. It's on Saturday. And right now, caller number one, two, three. You are going to go and join us with a four-pack of tickets 
in the 710 with section in the center field bleacher seats. That is on Saturday, 206-421-3776 or 866-979-3776. You win four tickets to sit in the 710 section. Caller number three again for 710 Day at T-Mobile Park, 710sports.com slash events for more information. All right, Brandon, let's talk about what happened with Justice Sheffield last night. You know a thing or two about pitching. You've done it in the past before yourself. What do you think's happening, not just last night, but all season? I think it's one of those things, kind of like what we saw with Jared Kelnick earlier in the year, where the I think that the mental side is just kind of taken over with Justice Sheffield. I think that uh sounds like he's been trying to pitch through a few things. Uh, sounds like he's not 100%, but really, you know, it's July. Most guys are not going to be 100% when they're taking the mound or if they're going up to bat at this point of the season. The All-Star break is uh, coming up, which I know a lot of guys are going to be looking forward to. But I think that a lot of it is just uh, he had some mechanical issues. I know that he's talked about having his uh, front side opening up, which isn't allowing him to really drive the ball down into the bottom of the zone. And as somebody who throws a two-seam fastball or a sinker, uh, that's obviously going to be a huge problem. I was just looking at his chart yesterday when he threw that sinker, and I, he really only had one or two pitches with that uh, sinker at the bottom of the zone. That's a huge problem, and against a lineup like the Yankees that has so many powerful yeah. right-handed hitting bats, they're going to they're gonna do some damage to you, and that's exactly what we saw. I think that now it's at a point where the physical side of things, obviously he's still having those issues, but now a lot of it's mental, and he's got to work through that whether that uh, requires a move down to AAA, that remains to be seen. They don't really have a clear-cut option for replacing him in the rotation right now, aside from shifting to a bullpen day until Justin Dunn gets healthy. So uh, I'm not sure if we're going to see Justice Sheffield in his next turn or two, but right now there just aren't a ton of available options for the Mariners if that's the route that they want to go down. We heard from Jerry Depoto on Friday mention a couple of the names that are, I guess, potential alternatives for the Mariners in the near future, but it doesn't sound like that's going to be Emerson Hancock or George Kirby anytime soon. He, he mentioned a couple of names as Brash, I think Williamson as well, guys that maybe could be next up on the docket as far as young pitchers, I guess, getting to make their major league debut. But I, I just don't see, Brandon, how there's any way Justice is going to be able to work through these issues in the majors. No, it, it's really hard. And uh, you know, when we were talking about, like, again, bringing up Kelnick, the thing in the minors was he wasn't being challenged, and then right. he finally gets up and he has that level of failure, right? And now with Justice Sheffield, everything is failure with him. He needs a reset. Uh, I, maybe, maybe it's just taking a little bit of extra time at the All-Star break, having those few extra days of rest. Maybe that's all that it takes to really get him kind of back on track. With a lot of these guys, all it takes is one good day or one good outing. Unfortunately, with Justice Sheffield, we just we haven't seen that in really over a month. It's just been so many, so much hard contact, and that's something that he did such a good job last year preventing when he shifted to that sinker. So to see him go out there and just get shelled over and over and over again after his 2020 ca- campaign, that's a, it's really disappointing to see the the step back that he's taken. But I think that right now you're just kind of seeing the mental side of things take over. The game's going a little too fast for him. So maybe going down to the minors and pitching one, two, three games and just getting back on track and having that moment like Jared Kelnick and like Taylor Trammell before him where like, I'm too good for this. I'm too good to be in the minor leagues. I'm a major league pitcher. Maybe that's what it takes for him to get back on track and come up to the majors and look like the Justice Sheffield that we saw back in 2020. But 
Uh, and right now, just throwing him out there every fifth game, especially when you're a contending team, I mean, that's not really a recipe for success for either the Mariners or for Justice Sheffield. Brandon Gustafson of 710sports.com with me on the Issaquah Pest Control Hotline. It's the Paul Gallant Show. Marco Gonzalez is also having some issues. I went to Saturday's game, and those issues came early. He is one of those guys where if he's not able to locate it perfectly, you can turn on those balls he throws pretty easily, and that's why you saw John Hicks going yard a couple of times in that game. What do you think is going on with Marco Gonzalez? And I know he, he, he just had a kid, and I, I, I do want to be understanding of that. I, I can only imagine what it's like to be a first-time dad and also being a Major League Baseball player at the same time. But these struggles have been, for most of the year, a year where he has, of course, had some injury problems along the way. What do you think is going on with him? I think it's a little bit of the same thing with uh, with Justice Sheffield, where he's He's, but with Marco, it's he's trying to get back and healthy after dealing with the forearm injury. I don't know if he's necessarily back to full strength from that. And then obviously the the birth of his child, and then that kind of sets his throwing schedule into a little bit of a flux there. So I, there's definitely, I don't, you know, excuses is probably not the right word, but that's pretty much what it is at this point yeah. for him. Uh, but he's somebody who he uses that that sinker, that fastball, to set everything else up. And last year we saw him have basically pinpoint control for the entire season. I think he only walked six, seven, eight guys in 10 starts, which is just unbelievable looking back on it. I don't think that we really truly appreciate just how good Marco Gonzalez was last year. Now, is he, is that who we expect him to be going forward? Or is he more like what he was like in 2018 and 2019? Personally, I think he's more like that, where he's somebody who he's going to be an innings eater. He's going to have an ERA in the high threes or the low fours for you, uh, rather than last year where he was, frankly, one of the better pitchers in all of baseball. But uh, for him, like you mentioned, it's all about control. I think that there's still a few things that he's probably not super happy with mechanically, and we see that a lot where you know he'll he'll throw a pitch, uh, catcher set up down, it ends up a little up, and you can just tell that he's frustrated because he's so used to being somebody who can just pinpoint uh, accuracy up there on the mound. So I think that unlike Sheffield, he's somebody who does need to pitch through it. Again, I think that he's getting back to full strength after being sidelined uh, with the forearm strain. I think he will get things turned around here, and maybe kind of like Sheffield, where having that extra time off between the All Star break helps him get. Uh, back on track both mentally and physically so I think we'll see Marco turn a page here pretty soon but like you mentioned it is a little surprising after how good he was last year to see him having those accuracy issues that we're just really not accustomed to seeing he does remind me of maybe a poor man's uh, Dallas Keuchel someone who I I saw a lot of in Houston and yeah I, I hope that he's able to get that location back because I know for Keuchel when his velocity started to leave Again, it's not like it's not like uh, Gonzalez is very old or anything like that. But when it started to leave, all of a sudden guys started turning on it, and that's that's why his time in Houston ended. Uh, one last question for you, Brandon, and this was a question that was asked of me by one Robert in Kirkland, and 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 I, I think this was a good question. What should the Mariners be at the trade deadline right now? I mean, <laughs> buyer or seller? You're in this weird spot where you are contending, but you're. You probably, if you're being honest with yourself, know that given your lineup and some of the issues that you have and now in your starting rotation and in your bullpen that you probably aren't going to be here that much longer. So do you decide to move on from some of the known commodities that you might have or do you try to add to it? Yeah, they're in a they're in a weird spot where 
I, I don't think that they're good enough to really go out there and get one or two pieces that put them over the hump. I just don't think that they're really at that spot yet. But they're also a little too far along in the rebuild where you don't really want to be trading off those known commodities or those assets to, in order to uh, go and build up the farm system because the farm system's pretty well stocked right now. Um, I think that really they, what they need to be looking for are deals kind of like in the mold of what they did with the Padres last the year France. where they trade a guy like Austin Nola who they do think highly of, but they get pieces that help them both in the short term and the long term. You have two get they got two guys in Ty France and Luis Torrens who were helping the team right away last year and made the opening day roster. And then Taylor Trammell, he wasn't with the MLB team last year, but he ended up making his debut this year and he's been a part of the MLB roster for most of the year. I think that those are the kind of deals that they need to look at that help them both short term and long term. It's just a matter of what's actually available out there. Uh, I know that uh, Danny, your co-host in the morning, really likes Ramon Marquez yes, with does. the Rockies. Doesn't sound like he's going to be available. Uh, Jose Barrios with the Minnesota Twins is another arm that a lot of teams are talking about because he signed through the end of uh, 2022. But are the Mariners willing to go out and spend the prospect capital to go get a guy like that who's going to be on the roster for multiple years? It's unclear. And there's also the big situation where Jerry Depoto's not signed through the next season. He, his contract's up after this year. Is ownership going to let a quote-unquote lame duck GM go out there and make deals that trade off uh, known veteran That's commodities uh, for future right. pieces? Who knows? Yeah, that, that, that remains to be seen. We just don't know enough about where Jerry really stands with the organization right now. You'd think that he'd be somebody who's going to be here for the long haul because of the job he's done, but we just don't know that yet. So they're at a kind of weird spot. I kind of expect it to be like last year where, for the most part, they stand pat, maybe make a few minor deals. But unless something really falls in their lap like that Padres deal last year that helps them short-term and long-term, I just don't really see them being super active like a lot of people are probably hoping for. That, the voice of Brandon Gustafson, you should be following him on Twitter, first off, because of the cute pictures of Maverick, his puppy, but also because he's got fantastic sports takes and does a great job, especially talking baseball, but all things Seattle sports, at the B-G-U-S-T-A-F-S-O-N. Brandon, always a pleasure, man. Hopefully see you on Saturday. Yeah, that's right. Thanks, Paul. Take care, man. That is Brandon Gustafson, everybody. Okay, question of the day. Let's get back into it. One-time thing last night, or was that a reality check? You get to answer that next on the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Paul Gallant. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Every day at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. There is something that needs to be addressed with one of Seattle's biggest athletes, but I'll get to that in just a moment. This is the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. And the question of today's show, yesterday, one-time thing, just a really bad day at the office, you showed up without your pants, or (laughs) is that the reality check? Did you never have pants to begin with? You get to answer that. Interesting text. It's more depressing. What a day it's been. Just saw in a Mariners blog that if you take out the Justice Sheffield starts this year, the Mariners are actually plus 25 in overall run differential. And I believe that was before last night's start. Oh, my goodness. Uh, does Do they have options? 
Well, you heard from Brandon there. You're not really sure about any of the options at this point. And they're in this weird spot due to all the injuries that they've had, starting with James Paxton, most recently Justin Dunn, where the flexibility is not ideal. And you want to, I think, be very careful when it comes to bringing some of your younger players up too soon, given what we've seen from Jared Kelnick in his first go-round. And there's such a big gap between AAA and the majors. Is there somebody that you really can think of off the top of your head that's going to come in and do better than Justice Sheffield? Honestly, I think that the bullpen start, though, might be the better way to go about things. Sheffield's just not giving it to you right now, and I don't know if his confidence is shot, but he does not look like a guy that is going to be able to turn it around at the major league level, given that it's been going about things, uh, given that it's been just going this way for such a long time. Text in 710-710. True, the pitching wasn't good, but look at the score. 12-1. We didn't hit any better than Sheffield pitched. Just a bad night. You're right. Four hits. I expect that more often than we have gotten of late. That might be the actual reality check. Not just as Sheffield and his struggles. He's one of your worst pitchers in the starting rotation. The reality check is that if you get into a punching match with a team like New York... Boston, Houston, the teams that have a ton of money invested into their lineups, those teams are just going to be able to beat you unless you get a stupendous outing. And and you know what? I'm expecting a great outing from Yusei Kikuchi tonight. I trust that guy implicitly at this point. Consistently, that guy is going to give you six to seven innings. Maybe he allows three, four runs or something like that, but he is going to keep you in the game. Right now, Justice Sheffield and Marco Gonzalez aren't giving you that. And that it's two guys in the starting rotation and that the lineup had the issues it did. Uh, I don't want to find myself drifting towards the reality check, but it, it might indeed be a reality check. 7-10-7-10, don't let Kelnick sent, scare you. Trout was sent down also. I'm not scared about that. He had a little bit of seasoning at the major league level. He goes back down to the minor league level. And we'll see when he comes back up if he's better. But... Basically, what I'm saying is that you don't necessarily have a better alternative in bringing a young guy up. Maybe at first, if if everyone sees his stuff and they're just blown away by it. Oh, one last thing before we hit the road. We need to have an intervention for Russell Wilson on, on Instagram. We need to. Paul, you're just a hater hating on someone's vacation. No, I'm not, because there's a part of Russell Wilson I like. I like it when Russell Wilson is himself. And I know we don't often see that, but I do like it when Russell Wilson is being weird, being corny, awkward dance moves, Mr. Unlimited, doing the weird video online where he's announcing his contract with Ciara hanging out with him. Like that stuff I like. I think that's authentic. I don't like it when people are trying to be something that they're not. He's in Venice on vacation. I hope he's having a great time. I hope he's blowing off a lot of steam. I hope he comes back to Seattle feeling great, ready to take on this season, and hopefully get the Seahawks back to a Super Bowl. And maybe he will, and maybe this is what is going to help him out. But, man, stop trying to be so famous, man. Like, that's that's the impression that I get when you have people that are following you around and they're recording you just walking. Or when you have all sorts of posed photos. I mean, maybe Ciara's the one that's asking for all of this, and if that's the case, you know what? You're just being a great husband. <laughs> but I don't know. It takes two to tango. Ciara's not posting as much as you're posting, Russ. You're the one that had five Instagram 
total posts yesterday with like five to six photos each. Do you even think he's the one posting those? I'm sure there's people handling that. Well, the people handling it are definitely getting the green light from somebody. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I think there's a whole crew involved in all of this. This is true, Maura Dooley, but we can't just always say it's Russell Wilson's court. We can't always just point it at them. It's not just Mark Rogers. It's not just the people around him. Someone is greenlighting all of this. And all I'm saying, Ross, it is not coming off as authentic. Be yourself. Be yourself. Be yourself. We like it when you're corny. I like corny, Russ. I don't like staged, Russ. And rant. Thank you so much for tuning into the Paul Galan Show today. I will be back at it tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock. Don't forget, Jerry DePoto, 8.30. I guess we're going to ask him about his future again, but we'll also try to get a feel for what's next for Justice Sheffield and a whole lot more. Make sure you are tuned in for that. Coming up next... Big thanks to Nick behind the glass. Big thanks to Maura Dooley, who produces this thing every single day. Big thanks to Brandon Gustafson, who also stopped by. I am merely Paul Gallant. Jake and Stacy are next. So long. Farewell. Have yourselves a wonderful hump day.